Hey there, writers, and welcome back to the Well-Storied Podcast. My name is Kristen Kiefer, and this podcast is where I translate articles from the Well-Storied blog into audio so you can listen in on the go. If you don't know, Well-Storied is where I share all sorts of tips and tricks for helping writers craft sensational novels and build their very best writing lives. So this podcast is very much an extension of that, and I am so glad you've joined me today. Today we have a brand new article over on the blog, and thus a brand new episode to share with you guys. And this one is called My Top Tips for Utilizing Fictional Language in Your Stories. If you don't know, I am soon to be launching a brand new epic workbook on world building, and so we are tackling all things world building over on the blog, both beginning last week and for the next several weeks we'll be doing that, so you'll be getting that here on the podcast as well. Last week, we talked about how to craft fictional cultures. Now we're moving on to using fictional language, and I have all sorts of good stuff in store for the next several weeks as well, so make sure to stay tuned for all of that. So without any further ado, let's dive into today's episode. If you would like to read along as you listen in, make sure to head on over to well-storied.com language, and I will leave that link for you in today's episode description as well. My top tips for utilizing fictional language in your stories. Let's face it, Tolkien set the bar pretty high as far as constructed languages go. Whether you've considered outlining an entire conlang, that's world-building slang for constructed language, or are simply looking to use a few invented words to liven up your story world, knowing how best to approach the construction of a fictional language is daunting to say the least. Is the use of a conlang really necessary? How much detail should you put into crafting your fictional language? And how in the world can you incorporate it in a way that feels natural and believable to readers? Let's talk about all this and more in today's episode, writer. So, should you create a fictional language? When it comes to storytelling, there are no shoulds. But does utilizing a constructed language in your story in any way improve its appeal? The simple answer is, not without purpose. Utilizing a conlang for conlang's sake will win you no brownie points as far as excellent and effective storytelling goes. This cannot be reiterated enough. Your constructed language will not inherently make your story any more intelligent or otherwise superior to its counterparts. Can conlangs be a great way to draw readers further into your story world? Absolutely but only if crafted and utilized with care. Remember, language is a tool for communication. Without the ability to comprehend and engage, language then becomes a stumbling block. It hinders the ability to communicate. Being as conlangs are inherently incomprehensible, at least at first, it's only natural that they can easily become major stumbling blocks in your stories. So if you want to avoid confusing or boring readers, it's time to consider whether utilizing a conlang is truly necessary to tell the very best version of your story. So, what purposes can fictional language serve? To better understand whether utilizing a constructed language is right for your story, let's take a look at the four key purposes they can serve. Purpose number one, to avoid anachronisms. When writing speculative fiction stories, authors must work to immerse readers in their fictional worlds. Language that feels too modern or doesn't quite fit the setting can have the opposite effect, 
drawing readers back into their everyday consciousness. Utilizing the occasional fictional word can be a great way to avoid such anachronisms. Common examples include those pertaining to currency, measurements, names, and, funnily enough, curse words. Purpose number two, to describe something with no English equivalent, or whatever language you're writing in. When you're deep in the world-building trenches, you're likely to dream up some sort of fictional item, expression, animal, or idea that doesn't quite come with an English language equivalent. This is another area in which conlangs can come to the rescue, giving you the perfect opportunity to deepen your story world via the use of an invented word. Consider how J.K. Rowling uses muggle to describe a person without magical abilities. Purpose number three, to show the protagonist out of their depth. On occasion, your story's protagonist may find themselves unable to converse with another character due to a language barrier. In such cases, you may wish to make use of a few constructed words or sentences to purposefully confuse readers, thus placing them right in your protagonist's shoes. I personally recommend only using this trick when there are emotional stakes at play, so as to avoid bogging your story down with too much conlang. If your protagonist's inability to comprehend leaves them feeling angered, embarrassed, or in danger, you found a great moment to whip out a few fictional words. And finally, purpose number four, to imbue special meaning. At times, your characters may use fictional words to cast spells, communicate in secret, or otherwise speak in ways that hold powerful meaning. Even common fictional phrases can become powerful if they bear the right emotional weight. Take, for example, the word Anosh from the Shades of Magic series by V.E. Schwab. The word, simply translated, means farewell. Yet by the time you finish the third book in the series, this tiny word carries the weight of the most heartbreaking of goodbyes. When crafting fictional words and phrases to use in your stories, I fully believe in the idea that bigger isn't always better. Keep your introduced vocabulary minimal and provide readers with maximum purpose in its use, and you'll have no issue drawing readers further into your story world rather than pushing them away. With that said, let's talk about my top tips for creating fictional language. Tolkien, as we've established, has set quite the high bar when it comes to crafting fictional languages. The good news is that Tolkien's excellence in this arena stemmed directly from his career as a philologist. To aspire to his level of language creation without the proper training is to set yourself up for failure, thus making this aspiration entirely unnecessary. All that to say, you don't need to be a linguist to create your own fictional words and phrases. If you do want to add a little conlang to your story world, here are a few tips to keep in mind. Tip number one, begin with what you know. Creating an entirely original language is nigh on impossible. Most fictional cultures find their roots in real world ones, and there's nothing wrong with fictional languages following suit. Identify the real-world language or languages you'd like to use as the foundation for your own conlang. Then begin studying it. What are some of the common sounds in this language? How are its sentences structured? What tonal notes mark how this language is spoken? Use these elements to begin forging your fictional language, taking care to craft words and sentences that feel at once familiar and distinct. Tip number two, consider your world-building. 
culture, history, societal values, trade, each of these elements and more can have a major impact on the evolution of a language. Before creating your conlang, take the time to define the society in which your characters live. Would the language have adopted words and phrases from neighboring regions? How would societal values or religious beliefs affect common phrases? You aren't likely to find a people that prize modesty, making grand proclamations, or flinging curse words, so consider your world building carefully. Tip number three, make it believable. There is fictional and there is laughable. Don't make the former, don't mistake the former for breaking every mold in sight. Combining too many consonants, putting apostrophes between every two letters, or completely ignoring vowel sounds is a sure way to leave readers rolling their eyes. Once again, help readers digest your fictional language by crafting it to feel familiar. Conlangs that cross into the ridiculous do far more to pull readers out of a story than immerse them. And finally, tip number four, establish a clear set of rules. You don't have to be a linguist to create full sentences in your fictional language. Simply work to establish a clear rhythm within your conlang, specifically as relates to common sounds and sentence structure. Does the language place verbs before or after nouns? How about adjectives and adverbs? Common sounds? The frequent use of particular vowels, consonants, or letter pairings will run through your language like a refrain, emphasizing its individuality and lending cohesion that can help fight against readers' confusion. Before we wrap things up today, writers, there is one thing that needs to be said. If you are a philologist or a language enthusiast, don't let me stop you from going buck wild in creating your fictional language. Give yourself full reign to let passions fly, regardless of how much of your conlang actually ends up in your completed story. If you're simply a writer looking to expand your story world, however, don't make more work for yourself than necessary. You don't need to develop a full vocabulary or to understand how all of the common verbs in your conlang conjugate in order to successfully use fictional language in your stories. Keep it simple instead, creating words and phrases as needed or establishing a small language reference guide to use as you write. Remember, a simple fictional word spoken with purpose is far more powerful than any conlang created for conlang's sake at least so far as good storytelling goes. So let's craft our fictional languages with care, writer. In doing so, we can add incredible vibrance to our stories. Writers, thank you so much for listening in today. This is a bit of a, t a different topic for us. We haven't done too much world building on the blog or on the podcast before, but being a fantasy writer myself, I've had so much fun sharing this all with you guys. And I do hope you enjoyed last week's episode, this week's episode, and I hope you're going to enjoy the ones to come because I absolutely love talking world building with you all. Once again, do keep an eye out for the upcoming world building workbook that I will be launching in early July 2018. I'm shooting for like the second week of July, uh, early in the second week. So fingers crossed that all goes well because I'm wrapping up a lot of the work on that now. I will make an announcement here on the podcast when that goes live. Um, but also, if you head on over to today's transcript at well-storied.com language, there is a sign-up form that you can use to make sure that you're the first to know when that workbook goes live. So go ahead and check that out. 
If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to subscribe for future notifications about future episodes, and go ahead and give the podcast a quick like, rating, and review as well. Whatever you can do from wherever you are listening in from goes a long, long way towards helping the podcast grow. And to complete my spiel today, I couldn't do that without talking about Patreon. My lovely Patreon supporters have done so much to help this podcast grow by supporting it monetarily via their monthly pledges. For as little as $1 a month, you too can join the WellStoried team and help support all that I create um, for free here at WellStoried. So that includes the articles, the free email courses, the podcast, Anything you can give to that really goes a long way towards helping the website thrive and helping this podcast thrive. So if you'd like to check that out, make sure to head on over to patreon.com slash wellstoried. Again, link for you in today's episode description. All right, friends, that is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for listening in, and I will see you guys next time. Bye!